tell me a little bit about Quinn Cook, the man that was supposed to be on today, and how Absolutely. you have met him and, and the work that you're doing with him and what he's all about, carrying on the tradition of storytelling that Kobe Bryant Absolutely. started. Some may not know, but uh, Quinn Cook's father, uh, just his father, was very, very big at Howard and HBCUs. And I happened to, uh, was invited to a taping of a TV show for uh, another outlet. And Quinn and I met during the, the intermission and we just connected. I mean, his mom was there. And from that point on, this is going back maybe July. We've talked every day since then. Wow. And talked about his, talked about his life, aspirations. And you mentioned the Lakers and, and, and certainly and, and Steph Curry. Well, you'll be the first to know. I can't get into much details, but there's a project when to come out with Quinn to talk about that experience from the bubble, his life on both the Lakers, certainly his life with the Warriors, and how he felt, what he learned from that experience. So look for that, and hopefully when he's back, he'll come on your show to talk more about that. Okay. I think it'd be an absolute honor. But no, he's a real deal. He's the kind of person, Dr. Clapper, that you can take to dinner and, and have a great conversation with. Mm. We've talked about everything from art. When he found out uh, I was going to be on your show, he said, wow, tell me more about him. He sounds so fascinating. <laughs> he, talked about, he talked about perhaps even going surfing with you. I said, oh, okay, you better be careful on that one, <laughs> my friend, because Dr. Clapper is, is an expert. But like you... Uh, Dr. Clapper, he believes in, he's, he's curious. Mm. He's curious about life. He's curious about how we, as role models, and he used that word very, very lightly, mm. can really touch the next generation. Mm. One of the things that um, he talked about a lot was not being kind of in a bubble, not being in a shell, not, not being untouchable. He wants these kids to know that if you have a dream, my job with my foundation is to help you foster that dream to tell your story one day. And it's beyond just being basketball or just sports. It's about being a great role model in the community. And that's what Crane Cook is to me. Mm. Tell me a little bit more about what his father did. What What is it about the HBCU, historically black college and universities? It's a, you know, when Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith started to do their first take when they were still together on first take, boy, did it bring it to the forefront that there's this entire university system that, frankly, the white America doesn't really have any appreciation for. And as opposed to really segregating that these are the only Mm -hmm. schools you can go to as a negative, lo and behold, probably people like Quinn Cook's father have said, we're proud of the fact of all we've been able to do. It's like the tennis, the, 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 what are the, the airmen, right? The the Tuskegee airmen. It's like, you should embrace the whole situation. I think there's actually a movie coming out now about the Korean War where there was an African-American pilot. But tell us about the pridefulness and what is going on with HBCU. It's interesting you mentioned that, uh, Dr. Clapper. Going back to tennis for a second, Kamal Murray, who was Sloan Stevens' coach who won the U.S. Open, we have a project right now where that he's going to adopt five HBCU schools, take over the tennis programs, and really start a whole development pipeline from these players from collegiate to perhaps professional because there's a void there. Mm. To your point, we don't look to HBCUs for for certain life values. We look at them for, you know, the big bands and, and to some degree football, but not for those life values. So we've made a conscious decision to go in there, find and develop this talent, to show there's a pathway and there is talent in these HBCUs, much like what Deion Sanders did at Mississippi State. Mm. He turned the football Jackson State. Down. Jackson State, I'm sorry, thank yeah. you. Jackson State, when he turned 
you know, the football world upside down by getting one, number one recruit and, and, and a quarterback in the country. Hmm. So that's the kind of talent and now the exposure I think that HBCUs have. We have to, to your point, and society look at it as more of an incubator, more so than a throwaway institutions. Well, well, let me tell you, Quinn Cook is lucky to have hooked up with you, Lauren, because you know how to get it done. And tell me again more about the basketball court itself, where you schlepped me all the way to, to <laughs> Wisconsin, to the middle of nowhere, basically, but it was just beautiful for those 350,000 acres of Native sure. American land on their reservation. What kind of wood was it, the forest that they used to make the basketball maple. court? Maple. 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 White uh, maple. That's was, right. That's that is, right. That is correct. And it was eight, it was seven and a half hours up to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, Dr. Clapper. And you were, you, were, you were so attentive that day. And I have photographs of you working in the mill. So thank you very much. Uh, so whoever receives a court that Dr. Clapper built, if there's any issues, you need to, <laughs> you need to talk to him. I tell you, that was one that. of the most fascinating things I had ever seen, where they take the tree and bit by bit, they take the bark off. They it, a tree is round. I mean, talk about geometric challenges. It's round. How do you get something flat and rectangular out of a tree that's round? Well, this is like an ancient craft of how to cut it up. But it gets even more interesting than that. So when you look at a tree, you see the big trunk, right? And then you have branches that grow ninety degrees. Right, a right angle from the tree. Those are the branches. Well, what does that look like to the grain of the wood? That's the famous knot that's in a wood. It represents that horizontal branch going into a vertical tree trunk. And that not only doesn't look right, but the integrity of the wood is either weakened or hardened by that blemish, that knot. So this amazing factory you took me to, to make a beautiful hard wood floor for a basketball court for the NBA, for the NCAA, and for these high schools that are lucky to have one of your courts, they got to have the part of the wood that has no knots on it. That, and I was just unbelievable to see the son of a carpenter who loves wood being, and it was like going to Disneyland for me, speaking of Bob Iger, going to Disneyland of going to a factory all about getting the perfect part of the tree to make your basketball court. That was awesome, Lauren. Yeah. Well, anytime you want to leave uh, Cedar Sinai, Dr. Clapper, you have a job with us anytime you want. So you just come and leave Cedar. So you can come in and join us. But one of the things you said at the top of the show, Dr. Clapper, is that we found, you know, the journey to every court is important. So we decided as a brand uh, 10 years ago to not just focus on the work you just so admirably described, but talk about the players that really journey to get to the NBA, to get to the NCAA, to get to the local mm-hmm. high schools, and really tell those stories. Yeah. So we made a conscious effort. Don't worry about selling the court. Let's tell the stories of these young men and women and parents that worked their entire lives to get to a certain place uh, in basketball and sports. And that for us is so important. So we, we did a pivot and we changed our name to kind of sports where champions play. And that's both on and more importantly, off the court. But well, those journeys, much to your point, are so important. Well, I remember that phrase came from the one and only Dan Isaacs, right? He's the guy who dreamed that, that up when he was with you over you, there. That, there you go. And speaking of which, uh, yeah, uh, he's a, an amazing, amazing person. I mean, and Dan, now we're doing, uh, talking about basketball, we're now uh, over in Ghana um, with uh, the Ghana Basketball Association really bringing basketball back to Ghana for the first time in the last 20 years. Wow. And, uh you, you'll, appreciate, you'll appreciate this because Dan Isaac is a New Yorker like you. Yeah. And uh, he uh, 
started a piece of talk, took his piece of talk from Manhattan to Ghana. <laughs> no way! <laughs> so, yes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. You know what? Yes, In did. my mind, let me tell you a Ghana story, as if there is yes. a Ghana story. I know two things about Ghana. One, the greatest spine surgeon who ever came through the Hospital for Special Surgery who specialized in scoliosis. He actually spent a lot of time here at Rancho Los Amigos in Downey. Um, his name is Obi Ohenabi Bayachi. He is one of the greatest spine surgeons, and he's from Ghana. Trained in special surgery, became a professor out here, but now he opened a hospital in Ghana for kids to do pediatric spine wow. surgery. The second thing I love wow. and know about Ghana is my top five movie of all time is The Endless Summer, written and made by a friend of mine, a patient of mine, Bruce Brown, The Endless Summer, about Robert August and Mike Hinson traveling around the world. The movie came out in 1964. But wow. they, in 1964, they're traveling all over the world to find the perfect wave, The Endless Summer. And Bruce Brown realized that he was going to look for the perfect wave, and he had no money to make the movie, so on a budget. But in 1964, he realized that instead of just flying to Hawaii and maybe flying to, to uh, you know, Fiji or some other place for a great wave, for $50 more, the airline would sell him a ticket to go around the world. So it was like oh, no wow. big di difference. So that's why the opening of The Endless Summer when these guys decide they're going to go look for the perfect wave, the very first place they land is in Ghana, West Africa. And you got to see wow. the movie because this is wow. Ghana from 1964 with two guys yeah. bringing surfboards. They must have looked like Martians to these people in Ghana <laughs> with surfboards because their entire life they fish, but they ain't getting in that water knowing that there's sharks and all kinds of stuff. And here are these two white guys, Robert August and Mike Hinson, who take out wow. their surfboard. you got to see the movie, The Endless Summer. They take out their boards in 1964 and show this community, this country. You've got amazing waves here. You need to go surfing. And I bet you, <laughs> what I would love to ask you and Dan Isaac, now that, now that you guys go back there, I would love to know, are they actually, all these years later, 50 years later, are they still, are they surfing? in Ghana. That would be a good question. You got to find That's your homework, Lauren Gillian. All right. I can't thank you enough for making time to help us with Quinn Cook, to help us with Isaiah Thomas, with Joachim Noah. The work that you do behind the scenes is so much bigger than the work that we actually see you do in front. And listen, on behalf of the Weekend Warrior Show and me, Dr. Clapper, you are special. And thanks so much for making time to be with us. Dr. Clapper, anything for you. Thank you for, for everything you've done for us. And uh, we'll, we'll keep listening. We'll talk soon. Yeah, and say hi to Vanessa Bryant for us because yeah, she absolutely. she needs to know how important Kobe is to all of us here at the Weekend Warrior Show. All right, thanks uh, so much. All right, Lauren, so. talk to you later. All right, that's the great Lauren Gillian, and he's with a company that makes for the Final Four in the NCAA all those basketball courts every year. They make a new one. Well, they make it with that white maple, and they go into that forest and build a brand new one for the Final Four every year. And I got to visit that factory. An awesome experience for me. All right, coming up next, let's do some clapper vision. Let me tell you why you better not have that meniscus taken care of, particularly if you're 40 and above. If you're 40 years old and your knee hurts and they tell you you have a torn meniscus, you better think twice before having surgery, and I'll explain why. The number's 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.